Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a, a most exciting episode of Behind the Timeline. Um, your regular hosts, Lindsay and Scott, are here, but we also have special guest star, Chris. Say hey, how's hi. it going? What's up, dude? Thanks for coming on, man. Especially yeah. for such an awesome movie, like a special wow. movie. Oh, it is a very special movie. It yeah, is. we're here to to finally get to the Empire Strikes Back. So we've reached 1980, you guys. It's I know, it's we're finally out of the 70s. Like, thank fuck. Yeah. We're here. We're here. And we're going to stay here for a hot minute. So get comfortable. We're going to yeah, get tired of saying 80 anything. I know. And we're actually in the 80s for a while, too, before we move over to, like, was it 81? Yeah, I think we are actually, like, in 1980. That's usually what comes after 80. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> That's not what I meant, but appreciate you for keeping me on track. <laughs> Nothing gets by me. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see. I'm going to... Bro, you forgot that the fucking worm existed in the asteroid. We'll get there, okay? <laughs> we'll get wow. there. Wow. Well, I ostensibly was going to be like the less big Star Wars nerd here, but I remembered the worm, so I don't yeah. know. All right, because you can actually go now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm no longer needed, guys. Thanks for here. Thanks for the introduction. Right, we got this. We got this. You have to beat me to be. <laughs> we just wanted you guys to know that we knew another person. So. <laughs> <laughs> Please help me. I'm here against my will. Here against my will. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and go through the timeline because my favorite part about this is Lindsay has a shitload of questions and I have a shitload of answers to, I to relegate. Questions. I do. I, I have, have one or two. I have several. Do you really? Okay, cool. I have opinions, really. I have, mm. you know, my usual sort of like emotionless, but yeah. also like reasonably knowledgeable approach to star wars but let's put us in our time and place here it is 1980 it is the carter administration which pretty sure it was the last time we checked in as well in 79 pretty sure yeah <laughs> not much has changed folks work. it's been one year so um but cool how interesting movies that we like are getting closer together obviously now that we're in the mm-hmm. 80s right like it's we were having there were a few where you skip like a lot of years so that's oh, yeah. cool um so this is the year that the U.S. beat the Soviet Union in hockey, the Lake Placid Olympics, the Miracle on Ice. Ooh, there's like five movies about this. And it's parodied in American Dad. Or it's, is it it's, really? Oh, uh, I don't watch American Dad. Oh, you should. Um, at least old American Dad. No, the that's movies- not true. I'm sorry. I just lied. I Okay, so I've seen like a, the first like two seasons. And the only thing I remember is... Stan loses his ability to negotiate and this guy ends up convincing him to buy like seven cars. And then Steve brings this girl over and for no reason, he's just like on a clear night, this one gets radio Disney. Why did I say that? (laughs) I don't know why that shit just stuck with me. I thought that was so funny, but other than that, no, I don't watch American dad. It's a really funny show. I haven't seen it since it, you know, in 10 years or something, I think it's still on TV, but anyway, it was funny. Um, The Rubik's cube debuted this year as did cnn which here we go right enter the modern age um john lennon was shot this year and it's the year that mount saint helena erupted so all stuff that you know we remember or have lived through i mean we weren't alive in 1980 no one was no one no one that matters no one was alive then i doubt that i actually think we have a lot of like dedicated listeners who are i know who were born before i actually so this is crazy when i was reading this i didn't know that john lennon was shot the same year that mount st helen erupted i mean that's crazy to me 
Those are like things I read about in school. Like I learned about them in school. It's kind of one of those things like you find out Pablo Picasso actually lived during the 1900s. That still blows yeah. my mind. Actually, I know. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's see what else we got. The Oscar winner, and we did talk about this last time. It mm-hmm. was Kramer versus Kramer, which was the top-grossing film of 1979. Mm-hmm. So that won Best Picture. Um. But Empire won in 1981 for sound mixing, original score, production design, and a special achievement award, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, because I'm going to be pumping these fun facts out throughout the episode. Uh, the only reason that it actually won original score was because of the Imperial March. I mean, it was used flawlessly in this movie. Like, I mm-hmm. really noticed it. It stood out a lot. Whereas the last film, I felt like... It's not in the last film. It was literally made for Empire. What? Yeah, because I'm like, I remember Luke's theme and Leia's, like, all of that, like, heroic music in the last movie. I think we can agree that it is a straight-up banger. Oh, it's a, it's it's an absolute slapper. Yeah, just, I have never changed the song when it's come on. Let's just put it that way. No, absolutely. I mean, respect that you guys have this in a, a way that it would like come on. I can't say Imperial oh. March is like on my playlist. I have like seven playlists and it's on like five of them. I'm pretty Actually, sure each version is a different version as well. Yeah. There's like, you can get like a lo-fi version, which is dope <laughs> as shit. You can get like a metal version. Oh, dude, there's just, there's so many. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Scott. I've been meaning for a long time now to ask you to share your Disney playlist with me, but oh, also felt like that was you. like, it was intimate. You know, I'm like, no, it's very I, personal. Your Disney playlist. Is like, I got you. There's only like 32 songs on it, but I'll, I'll send still, it to you. But speaking please. of Spotify, because again, this, the, you can find the podcast on Spotify, but because we're speaking about Star Wars music, did you know, anytime you are listening to a Star Wars licensed song on Spotify, only on the PC, by the way, does it do this? The um, time ticker is a lightsaber. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. One moment. I, I swear to God, dude, look it up. It's I've, so... got, I've got Spotify open. Good. So do I. There oh, are so okay, many little dope. fun hacks that's like dope. that. <laughs> like, have you guys as the song that? goes on, the lightsaber blade gets longer. It's fucking cool, dude. You know what? You guys probably do. You guys both have iPhones. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So on the android if you have the google assistant i have the google phone mm-hmm. and if you say lumos to your google assistant your flashlight turns on and if you say Knox, it turns off that's actually fucking lit dude i know it's actually <laughs> fucking cool i know that couldn't you change C- or and correct me if i'm wrong but couldn't you correct uh change siri's voice to darth vader at one point or is that the samuel jackson thing or, I don't know. Am I thinking of that, or am I think? I think I'm thinking of navigation. Maybe thinking of navigation, but I also yeah. think that was just kind of like a meme. Like I don't think uh, you could actually do that without like a third party program. Damn it! That would have been amazing. Otherwise, Sorry. Samuel Jackson would have been on my phone. Oh, hundred percent. I could not. I there's no way I would drive, and even if I knew where I was going, I would let him tell me that I need to turn left, motherfucker. <laughs> all right so sorry, i'm sorry speaking of amazing i'm gonna keep us yeah so um the top grossing movie of 1980 was empire by like a hundred million dollars like yeah. it's by far and away obviously this was the top grossing movie mm-hmm. um and i i leave the sequel section we're not going to talk about star wars in the parks again we've done that already see our episode on star wars mm-hmm. um but 
for sequels, the only reason I don't delete this now, and I I will for Return of the Jedi, um, but this is considered one of the best sequels of all time, if not mm-hmm. the best. But it is not the first. No, um, uh, which I, I wondered and then researched. I, it's the Godfather too, right? I don't have my notes up yeah. right now. I'm just trying to lower Spotify. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so this like the concept of the sequel, like the sequel that doesn't suck, I guess, originated in the '70s with the Godfather Part Two Fuck in 1974. Yeah. Did you proud, um, Dad? I knew that shit. Mm-hmm. You did do good there. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far so '74 is, and you actually have remind. I think in the last Star Wars episode, you reminded me of Godfather Part Two because I forget about yep. it. Um, but Jaws Two also in 78 and then more notably rocky, rocky too yeah yep. in 1979 so this is not the first um of the sort of successful popular 70s 80s sequels or sequels in general but it is probably the best it is honestly and this is this is me trying to be unbiased it is probably tied for the greatest sequel of all time in a three-way tie with the dark knight and the godfather too Oh, The Dark Knight is a very good movie. Mm-hmm. I would have yeah, to say shit. that's probably a three-way tie. Because The Dark Knight is a perfect movie, too. But so is yeah, the Dark, Knight, the Dark Knight is a perfect movie. Um, Yeah, shit, that one might be. And I know there's some people out there who are probably screaming Spider-Man, too. And respect. Oh, mad respect. Degree. Yeah. I... <laughs> Respectfully. Respectfully. I... At, honestly, Spider-Man 2 is only great because of Alfred Molina. I can't wait to get him back. It's oh so my god, soon. I'm so excited. I'm like, can we book tickets for that yet? No, and I'm so mad. <laughs> um, I know you have some more notes about this as a sequel, Scott. Do you want to do that now before we get right into it? Or do you want to save that stuff? Up to you. Um, I think we can start with that. Yeah, let's go ahead and... Because we are already on the subject... Um, of it being a perfect sequel. Like you just, you can't, if you know the movie, shout out to Peyton who hasn't seen it. So get on that shit. So soon. She's getting there. She told me she's going to watch this weekend. Okay, good. Update about Peyton. I know. So now you're on the spot, sweetie. Now you better have. Yeah. This comes out. This is coming out on today. Tomorrow. Today. Oh, today. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Well, shit. Well, it's today who for whoever's listening. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that's that's the thing. This is a perfect sequel. The good guys face immeasurable turmoil and strife. They are never catching their breath one time. The the villain is never in any position where he is not or where they they don't have the upper hand in in any way. Like the rebels are on the run the entire movie. Luke is like with his back against the wall with this training about like how much harder it is than he anticipated. <laughs> Vader is literally hunting down the Millennium Falcon so stoically and like tunnel vision wise that he is, he has his entire fleet eviscerating an actual asteroid field. Like they're just, they're like, those are asteroids fucking don't care. We're shoveling right through that shit and then somehow beat them to Bespin. But the greatest reason that this is the best sequel of all time is the, the villains Every villain in this movie wins. No hero gets a good ending in this. Boba gets Han's body. Vader completely annihilates Luke, both confidence-wise, and it's not the right word, but he literally fractures his mental stability 
He's like, holy shit, dude, are you kidding me? I mean, he also takes his hand. He literally takes his hand. I mean, Luke Luke has a rough go. It's not great. He does. Well, and like he's a newer character to the the series, but Lando loses his control of Bespin. He's now on the run too, and it's assumed that he's had control of Bespin for quite Quite a few years. Yeah, for quite a while. Um, And then a lot of people don't know this. The rebels that fled Hoth, that's it. Those are the only rebels. That's it. Those are, that's all who's there. So from this point on, they're literally surviving among the rebel fleet. They don't have a base of operations anymore. Yeah, they don't really drill that in super hard, but you're right. Like when I saw your note on that, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, they were, because in the, in the new seek, the new trilogy, they really hammer in that point. Like yeah, they make that they have like to really over-explain important. everything in the new sequel. If, yeah, or the sequel trilogy. But what I really liked about this that like you're right, this is um, it is great because the villains all win. Like that's mm-hmm. what you want in a middle piece. Like you want that low point so that you can come up from it in the oh, yeah. third act, right? Like that's what the second act of the story does. Um, but you're right, really, really good stories do that. And just a fun thing for our, like, our fandoms, like, and things that good things have in common. The last line of the Fellowship of, the, of uh, sorry, the Two Towers is, Frodo was alive, but taken by the enemy. I was actually trying to figure out what that note meant. And then I was like, well, she's going to explain it. So it doesn't matter. I but really I figured it had it. something to do with it. But that's fucking lit. See, I don't remember much about the books. So I'm glad that I have you here. I know. Thank you. <laughs> But yeah, that's how the two towers ends. And the other half of that story with like Aragorn and everyone ends on a high-ish note after higher, um, yeah, like higher. Yeah, they, they won the day. Yeah, but in the movie they move on past that and they put like all of it in the third movie instead of ending at that bit, right after and it right after Shelob's attack. But anyway, I really like that. I saw your note and that made me think of the end of the two towers. <laughs> that yeah, good stuff has has stuff in common. Yeah. Um, so I want to start going through like your notes and primarily I want the South Park reference because it made me laugh. And then that got that song stuck in my head for like 20 minutes. I know. And I fucking hated you for like, I almost texted you. Instead, montage. Yeah, I was like, I can't montage. believe you fucking did this to me. Montage. Even Rocky had a montage. Um, with a montage. I have, you always fade out in a montage. <laughs> Like, there are so many things that you ask in this, or even just like you pointed out, that to a casual observer just don't get answered. You need expanded universe, and you need more stuff like from the books, like what Chris and I have read, to kind of understand a lot of things. And one of the number one things that you asked was, how long is is he actually there? And yeah, this was one yeah. of my kind of bigger questions in this whole thing was just like the It's actually the <laughs> one of the most asked questions about this movie. And is I know how long that, he's there. right? Cuz I'm aware of the zeitgeist enough to know that that mm-hmm. this is a thing. So that's kind of like I was looking for it. And I got to say in watching the movie they did a shitty job of being like we've been on the road for however many months princess or what you know like there's a quick line that like Yeah. Han the could have saved thing... us from questioning anything here that they failed to throw in. But I, I can, 
I know enough about sci-fi and fantasy to know that travel takes time and shit, and you just skip through that, and there's, you know, montage and, like, you know. Well, and here's the thing, too. Like, Han technically does say it, but he doesn't give an actual time frame. It's when they're looking for a place to hide out, and he's like, Bespin's pretty far, but I think we can make it. The time it takes them from getting out of the asteroid to getting to Bespin is eight to ten weeks. Right. And they've been on the run from the Empire for about a week already. So, using that information, we can kind of figure out how long Luke is on Dagobah. Because you have to remember, they don't have light speed. The sublight engine is destroyed and the hyperdrive motivator is damaged. They cannot go to light speed. They have to travel it alone. Like, they have to just, you know, fucking flintstone their asses there, basically. Um, Luke is in an X-Wing, which is light speed capable. He only took, like, a couple hours to get from Hoth to Dagobah. So he's been there roughly three and a half, maybe almost four months. Because the original canon, before everything kind of got worked around and changed, it actually was very firmly believed that he was there for about a year and a half. The problem is the movie doesn't support that in any way. No. It implies that once they get to Bespin, every single scene is a new day on Bespin. Because they get there, 3PO gets destroyed. The next time we see them is when Leia's like, 3PO's been gone for a fucking long-ass time. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what the hell? I, to be fair, I like the fact that they shrunk the time from the original, what was it, like I a too. year, year and a half? Was yeah, like the it was, original thought. Yeah, and now we're at like three and a half, maybe four months. Because which, by the time they get to Bespin, that's when Luke starts having visions of them being tortured. Yeah, which I, I agree with and all pretty much solely because his training and how much he's learned does not reflect a year, year and a half. No, not at all. <laughs> he just no doesn't. Way. Well, yeah. so wait, in that in that he's too good or no, he's, he's not, not no, good no. enough. He gets, right? he gets wrecked. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I thought. And I'm like, wait, in what respect? Because because I, I what I was going to say is I like the a little bit of a shortened timeline, not, you know, the two days that it appears to be if you're kind of on yeah. the surface watching. But but yeah, like a, a couple of months timeline, maybe four months timeline. I like that because mm -hmm. it shows what a badass he is. Right. Like that he even can. So fight Vader at all. That's the thing. It shows how strong Luke is. Enough to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Vader. Here's the, here's the number one thing you have to remember about the entirety of Vader's fight. And I literally just said it like 10 minutes ago. But Vader never has, or Luke never has the upper hand in any way. Vader tricks him to falling down, or Vader knocks him down the stairs. He knocks Luke almost effortlessly into the carbon freeze chamber. Luke just gets out because Vader's arrogant and activates the switch and he doesn't see him. But then, like, Vader's like... It's actually my favorite line in the whole movie is when uh, he's like impressive. And then he dodges Vader again. He's like most impressive. <laughs> and then it just Luke, Luke is constantly on the run from him. And it shows that while Luke is very powerful, he's powerful enough to go up against someone who's been doing, who's been hunting Jedi for almost 20 years. That he can yeah, which is not made clear. I feel in any of 
the main nine movies, right? Or whatever, fucking 11 now. 11. I don't know. It, the, of, the, of those, I don't feel that that is made clear. It, it never is. No, unfortunately, you don't get to, other than like, I will say the scene in Rogue One, fantastic. Oh my God. But yeah. other than that scene, I feel that as the viewer, you don't get to see what a, what an actual monster Vader is. Yeah. Because if we take the time between movie three and movie four, um, Palpatine's like, okay, here's our plan now. And Vader just goes, fuck you. I'm hunting Jedi. And he yep. does that for about five to six years straight and just goes from planet to planet, mowing down Jedi after Jedi after Jedi. Yep. Well, and like, so this kind of takes me to some big questions I have, like about the Jedi. Like, first of all, I like how the Force Ghost comes out of fucking nowhere to like remind us of the plot in the like the first scene of the movie. <laughs> oh, well, he has to send Luke on his journey. Oh, yeah. 100%. He's like, and by the way, you still have to train to be a Jedi. Don't forget while you're here with the rebels, you're supposed to, here's another place to go. Hey, stop helping your friends. <laughs> like, leave <laughs> well, right so now. My yeah, he issue, fucks off. My biggest issue is when he sees Ben for the first time as a force goes, he's like 10 minutes away from death, clearly in stages of hyperthermia. Oh, yeah. And you're just going to run with it? Like, not even question, you know, maybe I was hallucinating because I almost died. Yep. He's I like, no, 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 I gotta run with this. He's kind of like accepted, like, the Force can do some crazy shit that I've never seen before. <laughs> so maybe I was hallucinating. I genuinely, I would have thought he was hallucinating. But I feel like he has the wherewithal to search, like, hey, is Dagobah like a real planet or did I just make that shit up? Right, and when he right. confirmed Dagobah was a real planet, he at least went to check it out to verify if what he saw was real. Because Obi-Wan never com like comes to him again until he's about to leave. I mean, he does talk to Yoda when Yoda refuses to train him, but... Did he show... Yeah, but but Luke didn't realize that, right? So did, did he show up as a forest ghost in episode four? No. Well, so he, <laughs> he talks to him through the force, but Luke never physically sees him. Okay, so like... There should be way more shocking. Like, I'm like, what did audiences think of this? Like, in, like, the first couple minutes of the movie. Oh. And, yeah, he's, like, about to die. And it's like, oh, my God, Obi-Wan's here. We're calling him Ben. And what's going on? I'm sure he, like, I kind of have to side with Chris on this one. Like, yeah, it, it helps move the plot forward. But he definitely is, like, razor's edge from death. So the idea that his brain is playing tricks on him, totally fine. Especially because this image that he sees morphs into Han on a Tauntaun. I so, mean, yeah. It also turns out to be true, right? Well, like that is what it, like, it did turn out to be real, right? Yeah. Well, it did turn out to be real. He was able to plot the course on his X-Wing. So he's like, okay, cool. Real planet. We'll go check it out. Yeah. Well, so at least after check the it fact, out. Uh, yeah, after the fact, like when he sees it's a, it's, it's a planet like okay but beforehand at least me i would have been like i'm losing my mind oh yeah the cold yeah i probably mm, well yeah. and at that point you're so cold you don't even have all your faculties so at that point you're probably just like that's a thing i saw i'm gonna die yeah i mean and he dishes everybody like do they even know where he is like he just it seemed to me that he just bailed did i like blink and miss something they... No, he he did bail. I mean, so I, we can kind of assume with the technology that maybe they can see where his X-Wing is. Yeah. But I, I believe that there's like, 
Leia and Han don't know where he is. And the only reason we we know that is that's why um, Vader is torturing them. Whether they know where he is or not, it doesn't really matter. Because Han, after they torture Han in the shock chair, Han walks back, like Han's dragged back in and he's like, they didn't even ask me any questions. Like they, Vader is just trying to torture his friends to bring Luke to him. He doesn't really, no, it, whether they know where Luke is or not, which is, it's kind of implied they don't, um, because they're all kind of surprised that that's who they're looking for. Because I kind of feel like they may have told Lando, like, dude, you got to get this message out to Luke, like, don't come. Because she, Leia doesn't say anything to him until he's like at, he's in Bespin. Leia's like, yeah. Luke, don't, it's a trap. And then Boba's like, uh, bet. Well, I don't know that they knew he was coming. It didn't feel like. I mean, it seemed like he just disappeared and like they didn't care what happened to him after, which I Well, you also have to you have to remember from the minute that they take off, actually even before that, they're under fire from the empire the entire time. For the whole two months. They've got some shit to Yeah, the entire time. I mean, okay, I guess so they weren't exactly in a position to be like, let's go try to find Luke or help. Yeah, they're like, hey, do you guys kind of like, did anyone like check on Luke? Did he text? What's going on? <laughs> I mean, that was Luke's like number one priority when he found out they were in danger. So they don't even mention him. And I just thought that was a little weird. I mean, that's kind of up to guesswork. There's no like actual official like, yeah, Luke sent him like a fucking fruits basket or whatever. And was like, or an edible arrangement. And was like, I'll be right there. No, he just kind of was like, I have this Jedi thing to go do. I'm going to assume that you guys are okay. But then when he, when he actually opens himself up to the force after seeing Yoda lift the X wing from the swamp, he's like, dude, this power is like beyond anything I could understand. So I need to like focus more and like bust my ass. That's when he starts having visions. That's when he starts seeing that Vader is torturing his friends. Um, And that's when he's like, dude, I got to fucking go. So while we're here, real quick, because I do want to talk about some more Jedi-specific stuff, but just while we're here, like, what? tell me about, like, Yoda's not from Dagobah, right? No. Okay. All right. That's all. I mean, he's just in super deep hiding, but still in his Jedi robes. Is that what's going on? So by this point, Yoda's been in exile for 20 years. He got his ass kicked by Sidious in the Senate Rotunda um, and had to go into exile because he failed to kill Palpatine. If killing Palpatine okay. would have saved everybody, it would I have mean, it totally. would have solved the problem right there. At any point in the series, mm-hmm. but he fails. Yoda realizes he's never going to be powerful enough to defeat Palpatine or this new Empire because now he and all of his surviving Jedi brethren are labeled as traitors. So he goes into exile for twenty years, and. He can communicate with Qui-Gon Jinn, who teaches him the secrets of immortality. Like, the Force Ghost. He teaches you how to become a Force Ghost. He teaches uh, Obi-Wan. Or he tells Obi-Wan how to do it. Yoda basically had already figured it out, but... So, just a tangent, not anybody who's just watching the movies would know. Uh, We know Qui-Gon... Wasn't he... He was one of the first to ever learn how to become a Force Ghost. It was a lost skill, and he was the one of the first Jedi to do yeah, it to in like, the modern to, era. Yeah, yeah, to bring it back. So we can almost kind of assume maybe Qui-Gon even taught Obi-Wan Yoda. how to do it. Well, so we know he does, because at the end of episode three, 
Yoda says, I have training for you in your time on Tatooine. The secret to immortality from someone you may know. Your old oh, master, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. And Obi-Wan's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, he... So, no, Yoda is not from Dagobah. He's exiled there. He stays in his robes because he does it as kind of like a shame thing, but also like honoring what he was. Why the fuck are these the design for the Jedi robes when the Green they're monks? Team got they're on space it? monks. Yeah. yeah, but like that's fucking stupid. Like, why is it? Why is it the outfit that everyone's in hiding in? Such, I'm sorry, that is a bullshit retcon. Like making excuses for shit because Obi Wan's doing it too. He's also in his Jedi robes and he's supposed to. Be he's hiding. also a crazy old man that the whole planet <sighs> of Tatooine is like, fuck this guy. Like, who cares? Just, he's, he's just the hermit. Yeah. I just feel like it's so lazy. I feel like it's ridiculous that they wouldn't change their outfits after what happened in the prequels. I think the prequel team was like, look what they wore in episode four and five. Put them in that again. Like, I feel like it's lazy. I don't know. It's, it's I mean, something that sticks out to me. I can explain to you why they wear the robes if you really want to go down that rabbit hole. I mean, their mugs works for me for the sake of it <laughs> being like That's, the only thing in Star Wars that pisses me off. And I'm like, well, I'm so, okay. I, I'm going to try and give you like the, the, ball version of it. 3,000 years ago, the Jedi were an army. They were called the Army of Light. They actually fought in wars. They were soldiers. They held military ranks. At the conclusion of what's called the Great Sith War, where the Sith were believed to have all been destroyed, the, the Republic believed that the Sith the Jedi's existence invited conflict with the Sith. And so they felt, hey, you guys can help us, but you're going somewhere when we, the Senate, tell you to go somewhere. You cannot just keep fighting anymore. You can't, you can't just like go into this planet and start a war because you've devastated half the galaxy. So with your Accords or whatever. Basically, it's actually a very good example is the Sokovia Accords. So the Republic is like, you guys are this religious entity. You can operate freely and, you know, train and live your lives however you want. But if something happens and we need you, you're going the way and the when that we say. And so they no longer had need for battle armor. They no longer had need for military ranks or training. They became keepers of the peace. They went as diplomats. <clears throat> Excuse me. They went as diplomats. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't, they, they were no longer soldiers. And a lot of Jedi, so that a lot of people don't know this, but the color of your blade for Jed, in the Jedi Order meant you were one of three jobs. Blue was a guardian. That meant, or no, green is guardian. I don't know much about the Jedi because I fucking hate him. Um, <laughs> you are a Sith fan. It's true. I am very much a Sith fan. Uh, I don't remember, but blue is basically like you're the warrior, but you're, you're sent in when conflict is like too hot to, to use diplomacy. And then green was not Sentinel. Sentinel's yellow. I think green is guardian. I don't fucking remember. Uh, uh, isn't, isn't green... Uh, a counselor blue guardian counselor that's right okay i knew i fucking for okay i knew it green is counselor you were the diplomat you were the politician level uh like keeper of the peace 
solve it with your words, let's talk this shit out kind of guy. And then yellow was sentinel, your job was to protect the secrets of the Force and the secrets of the Jedi. Most sentinels became Jedi Temple guards. And that actually gets sort of explored in Rebels, but I'm not going to talk about Rebels because I fucking hate it. But basically, that's the whole point. That's why they wear robes. They were keepers of the peace. They were religious. They weren't a military anymore. They, and they all dressed the same to show unity and dogmatism. And that is actually what led to their downfall. So, Well, and so, okay. To all, all of that, I say fine. And I feel like my next, uh, my next comment will piss you off less than I was worried about. Um, um, the Jedi are kind of the worst, right? They are. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even saying yeah. that because I love the Sith. I'm, I'm really not saying that. I know the whole history of the Sith. I know the whole history of the Jedi. The Jedi just were arrogant. They, they were stone. Like they were written in stone, immovable. They could not, nothing you did would change the way they thought. Yeah, and the way they thought was, like, ridiculous. It's like, oh, you had an emotion? Like, fuck you. We're going to get yep. you so screwed over. You become a dark lord. And, you know. That's literally where the Sith came from. It's, right? It's insane. It's like, no, that's, like, uh, there's so many stories like that where it's like, no, you have to, like, harness that and make it a good thing. Like, I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure that's the moral of Captain Marvel or something similar. And I don't I, remember. <laughs> I don't know. And poor little baby Yoda is like, they're like, no, 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 yeah. I can't teach him. The Jedi are saying, no, I can't teach him. And even fucking Yoda is like, he's too old, which is, <laughs> I will I will remind the listeners, the Wheel of Time is out in two weeks from today oh, and God. I'm losing my fucking mind. But it is very Aes Sedai. And I can't wait yeah. to be able to make that comparison together because... It's a really similar concept, yeah. the Aes Sedai and the Jedi, and they do the same thing. They're like, oh, you're too old, you're too this, you're too, right. you know, whatever. Now we have, like, three people left in our order, and it's a nightmare. So that's the thing, and that's what a lot of people assume. It's just Luke, Obi-Wan, and Yoda. That's not true at all. By the time the Great Jedi Purge occurred, in the at the end of the Clone Wars, there were about a thousand Jedi left. And by the time Luke kills the Emperor... Vader has killed or dealt with about 600 of them. Or they died in the Clone Wars. But there's still like 400 Jedi. Some weren't even with clones. Some were monks just like by themselves meditating on unknown worlds. Quinlan Voss, who was a friend of Obi-Wan Kenobi's, actually pretended to be a, a disciple of Count Dooku and infiltrated the CIS and learned a bunch of shit about him and then went into hiding because he was like, dude, something huge is coming and dipped. So there were Jedi who saw it coming. Qui-Gon saw it coming. Uh, Sifo Dyas technically saw it coming, but he got tricked. But yeah, basically the Jedi are the worst. They totally brought upon their own destruction. Mm -hmm. and just like, Absolutely. Not leaving room for, you know, takes all sorts right yep, <laughs> like absolutely and if you don't so, create that space it's also a lot of um complacent complacency yeah right well and arrogance right those are all see this is all it's all very wheel of time i'm very excited but i i mean yoda literally says in this movie there is no why and i'm like yoda honest to fucking god you have got to allow people to ask why Oh, you know, like, yeah, do or do not, on. there is no try. 
No, 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 yeah. no, no. He says, do it or not, there is no try. That's all motivational and great and everything. At one point, Luke asks him, why? And Yoda says, there is no why. I swear before God. Like, I, it's, it was different from the there is no try quote. There is no why. And I was like, dude, that doesn't motivate anybody. That helps no one. Oh, well, yeah, think- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was trying to remember the scene. It's when... um. Is it when he's testing his patience? Because I know he is, there is no why. And he's like, nothing more I'll teach you today. <laughs> no, he, yeah. he says it really fast. He's like, no, no, there is no why. <sighs> nothing more will I teach you today. Yeah. And yeah. like, what a fucked up thing to say. Like, how do you not, like, you have to answer some questions. Well, you also have to remember, Yoda's supposed to be that old Ronin that teaches the young samurai how to, you know, overcome his, his self. But... And this plays this into is... Luke being too old, uh, is what Yoda's uh... fear was. Luke has established connections. He has established emotions. He has established attitudes. Right. The and Jedi that is went why after... they would want young people. I That's why they wanted younglings, is they wanted to mold minds, to teach them how to indoctrinate them into the galaxy is more important than your personal wants. And that's, and, that's kind yeah. of the same reason that he he refuses to teach Anakin at first because he already had an attachment yeah. and abandonment issues from his mom. Yeah, who he right. literally was just taken from. And I'm not saying that that doesn't all make sense. It totally does. But I think it's indicative of this yeah. issue with the Jedi. You know what I mean? That like, No, it's, it's definitely a Jedi issue. Oh, yeah, I, it's 100%. I, <laughs> I think you can <laughs> find some Jedi counselor <laughs> to help a kid out. And yeah. <laughs> and I think over what he's like, feeling. Hey, been there buddy <laughs> why don't we get like, some chocolate blue milk and go talk this one out real quick like, every jedi i have ever seen on screen has either been refused training or refused to train every single fucking one of them it's just like no i we're the most great special order ever but i'm not gonna help you like that, well that's that's ridiculous. their biggest problem yeah mm-hmm. they well i think and okay so I guess let me clarify what I'm saying here is I don't think that in any way this makes this movie or Star Wars or like the writing and like world building here bad. I no, it doesn't it. because it shows that the Jedi, while they are the good guys, are flawed. They have Deeply. a serious problem. And there's yeah. a reason why the third one is literally called Revenge of the Sith. Revenge implies that something was done to the Sith that they are like, bro, fuck you. We're coming after you. And that's 10,000 years before the movies take place. There was a group of fucking Jedi that were like, do you guys have any idea what I just did because I was upset right now? I just moved that block twice as far as I've normally been able to because I was upset. And now my emotions are empowering me to do that. I think there is something here. We need to explore this. And the Jedi Council was like, "Ah, get the fuck out. And literally kicked out like 20 Jedi. And they were, they were exiled to a planet called Korriban. This is actually not canon anymore. I don't know if I told you this or not, Chris. Um, the entire actual Sith race is no longer canon. Wait, so, so it changed? The Redskins Sith race are not, they're not canon anymore. Since when? Since like three weeks ago when some stupid visual book came out. Oh boy. Also, fun fact about just that title. Did you know it was proposed at first before release that this movie was going to be called The Revenge of the Jedi? No, that was Return of the Jedi. And yeah, Lucas was like, aha, that, no, that sounds like, 
terrible. Jedis don't do that. Yeah, uh, maybe we don't do that. We just spent like two other movies talking about how Luke needs to keep his shit together. <laughs> but wow. yeah, that's the yeah that's basically the Jedi are the worst. They really and, are. And yeah. Again, I'm not saying that because I love the Sith. The Sith are by no means better. The Sith just well. See, I can't even say that because I do, in large part, think that the Sith were right in what they wanted to do. Palpatine absolutely had the right idea. The Senate was corrupted. It was self-serving, and it just did anything that it could to fill the pockets of those at the highest point. And Palpatine was like, we're done with that shit. You're all listening to one person, and if you don't like it, get the fuck out or I'm going to kill you or you're in prison. Yeah. Well, and the Senate wasn't getting anything done, right? The that was point. the problem. And like, I don't know that dictatorship is ever the best plan. No, not at all. But and... in Palpatine's mind, he was like, <laughs> I can solve this problem, but you're never going to let me get there. I have to do it myself. One thing that I don't know that like, I think maybe in some of the, the more recent stuff, like maybe a little bit in like Rogue One, um, more so, but in the older films and in the prequels, I don't feel like they ever give you a really strong sense of like what the Empire has done that is bad to like everyday people, not the Rebel Alliance. You don't um, really see that until uh, Rogue One and Solo. Because that's yeah. that point. They're just the bad guys. They're the guys fighting the Rebels. And here's the thing. Let's say you were you lived on Coruscant, the Imperial capital. And you, you grew up, you literally are raised under the imperial doctrinization. So to you, and how they were labeled, the Rebel Alliance is a terrorist group. Because the well, majority I mean, of the Empire of was not evil. They were not these, like, sadistic fuckwads. They were good people yeah. trying to live their lives and make things better for themselves. Perfect example is Ensign Vanto. He literally just wanted to be a shipping commander for the Imperial Freight Company. And then life threw him a curveball and he met my third favorite Star Wars character of all time, Grand Admiral Thrawn. And even Thrawn wasn't technically a bad guy. He just was efficient and kind of like a stick. Actually, if anybody was like the most Sauron... It's probably Thrawn. Thrawn. He just loved order and stability and structure. That's hilarious. I've never put that together until just now. I mean, I can't tell you anything about who that is. And I, I feel I like his you. whole race is kind of like that. They kind of are, yeah. Any hoodles. <laughs> like, yep, you went over my head, but I'm with you yeah. still, more or less. Um, Let's get back to your questions, though. All right, so agreed on on the Jedi are the worst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Darth Vader, speaking of the Sith. Sexy. Extremely, right? He's mm. doing great in this movie. Everyone seems way more scared of him now than they did before. So, is this like... Because last time he was kind of a buffoon. So, what happened? Okay. So to even get into this, you need to understand what happened right before this movie. Vader is charged by the Emperor with maintaining order 
among the galaxy and among the emperor or, the, or among the empire. When he discovers that Krennic failed and that the plans for this super star destroyer or this, this super weapon were stolen. He was like, bro, I have to fucking go after these guys. But if you pay enough attention, Vader is only in a single star destroyer, which actually isn't even his star destroyer. When Vader returns to the Star Destroyer, or excuse me, to the Death Star, Governor Tarkin, Moff, which is like a governor, runs that whole sector. Vader needs his resources to continue carrying out his search for the rebels that stole the plans. So Vader kind of has to play nice with Tarkin. And... While it is a departure from what Vader's used to, he understands that Vader can provide symbiotic uh, like benefits to Tarkin as well. Vader provides muscle. It weeds out weak people in the Council of the Moths. He literally almost kills someone because he makes fun of Vader. Like, Vader straight up is like, I'm, I might listen to this guy right now, but I'm still not taking any of your shit. By the end of it, Tarkin's dead. Vader realizes all of these resources are now mine. And my pretty new ship is now finished. The Executor, the Super Star Destroyer. And that's like the end of episode four? That's in between. Vader gets his, his ship. And he's now like, I never should have strayed from my mission. I need to figure out who these rebels are. What's going on, what they're planning, where they are. I have to kill them. So, wait, yeah. Did Tarkin die off screen? Yes. Tarkin yeah. is in... He Well, so, like, we know Tarkin dies because he refuses to get on a shuttle. Because... Oh, uh, off of the Death Star. He dies on the Death Star. Yeah, so Moff... Ge- or, uh, Commander Gellion comes up to him and he's like, we've analyzed their attack, sir, and there is a danger. Should I have your shuttle standing by? And Tarkin's just like, evacuate? In our moment of triumph, you overestimate their chances. And then during the countdown, when Luke fires the proton torpedoes, the last time you see him is when he's watching the screen as the Death Star is charging up, and then the Death Star explodes. So Tarkin's totally dead, yeah. Okay, so basically he's scarier now, Vader, because... Vader's basically off his leash. He runs everything. Okay, yeah, because he seems way less buffoonish in this. Like, people are a lot more scared, and, like, you can tell he's pissed as hell. Like, he shows up at the... Rebel base fucking in person. He does a lot of a lot of shit in this movie in person that blew me away. Like he hires the bounty hunters in person now. Like, what the fuck? Okay. If I'm you want st- something done right, you gotta do it yourself. I know you gotta do it yourself for real. But I I'm so glad so. that you bring Anakin's it up like that. Freak. I, I love that you bring it up like he's pissed because now I get to explain to you what my title, The Lies of Vader, actually means. I mean, hit me with it because I feel, yeah. So my, my uh, question on it was like, so when they, in the beginning on Hoth, where, mm. which incidentally looked great. Oh, it was awesome. This movie looked incredible, but especially Hoth. Um, when they find the rebel base there, it's like Vader like senses it in the force, right? That's how he knows it's the right spot. Cause every, people second guess him. They're like, it's probably just some bullshit or whatever. And he's like, no, no, it's for sure the rebels. And it's, 
so does he he senses Luke through the force and that's how he knows it's the right spot but is does he know that Luke is his son is that why he's like freaking out about finding Luke what's going on god damn it okay I'm so excited to answer this question because it's gonna blow your fucking mind <laughs> so I, no I'm like here for it yeah tell me <laughs> at that point yes Vader knows that he doesn't know Luke is his son he knows that his son is a member of the rebellion and he knows his son is the, the pilot that destroyed the Death Star. But here's how he knows that. In between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back, Vader hires Boba Fett to track down the champion of the Rebellion. The person who, uh, you know, saved the, supposedly saved the galaxy. Because Vader needs to know who he is. Because he sensed how strong the pilot was in the Force and something felt off. Nothing Vader did could hit the kid's ship in a matter that, or in a means that actually mattered. Boba Fett comes back to him while he's overseeing the final stages of the construction of his Super Star Destroyer. <laughs> and Boba Fett says, or Vader says, were you able to find anything, Bounty Hunter? And Boba Fett says, I wasn't able to find much, just a name. Skywalker. Vader dismisses him immediately. And that's when a whole fuckload of realizations wash over Vader. Wait, when are you saying that this is happening? This happens between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. Okay, all right, go on. Number one, and most important of all, Vader now knows Sidious lied to him about his kids dying alongside, or his kid dying alongside his wife. Yeah. Padme lived long enough to give birth to their child. Remember, again, up to this point, he only knows that they that she was pregnant with one kid. It's not revealed she's pregnant with twins until she's going into labor. Right. So he didn't know. Number two, Vader's final tie to Padme is still alive. So now Vader has this, and he's pissed. He is ridiculously pissed in the comic strip. It's actually fucking amazing. He's just looking out the window and then all of a sudden the entire window spider a fuckload of cracks because he can barely contain his, his fury. Wow. But they should have shown that. Well, I, I know it would have been great, that. but they couldn't have, yeah. but here's, here's where things get really interesting. This from this point on Vader is only serving himself. Yeah, when, so wait, so we're saying he does know. Like he when knows. he he knows that the force sensitive person that he sends to blow up the Death Star is. He now knows that's he his knows. kid. He, he now knows. knows that's his kid. When he has his meeting with Palpatine aboard the Executor, he's straight up lying to Palpatine about knowing whether or not that's the son of Skywalker. Yeah, because I was wondering if that was like he has this scene with the emperor and, mm -hmm. and he like tells him um but yeah i didn't really buy that that was him yeah he knows a hundred percent at that point that luke is his kid and he his... super implies it like when he finds the rebel base and they're like no nah, it's probably not there and he's like no i can tell that it's that's there. it it's the like... rebels are there yeah yeah but... and then fucking ozzel's like dude calm the fuck down i guess and he could have like, been no, looking for any for a sensitive person, though, right? I feel like it's... Not that strong. He basically knows what Luke's... 
Oh no, not saying that that's not what's happening, but from oh. the, from the perspective of like an audience member in 1980, let's say. Oh yeah, he just senses that the person who destroyed the Death Star is on that planet. That's all we know as the uh, unobjective of viewer or viewer. He's like, dude, I can I can tell. It, the the problem is the movie implies that he looks at the shield generator and is like, oh, dude, that's got to be the, the Rebels. There's no other way it could be anybody else. That's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of parts in this movie require context clues. And, like, further explaining and stuff. But. Yeah. I this mean, now gets yeah. into the Palpatine-Vader dynamic. And I'm going to let Chris kind of explain this because it involves the rule of two. Because Vader yeah. doesn't want to give Luke to the Emperor. Vader not wants anymore. to put, Well, not anymore. Yeah, at first he didn't give a shit. But now he's like, I'm going to put this kid on ice and I'm going to take him to Bast Castle on Mustafar, not the fucking Emperor. And he and I are going to concoct a plan as father and son to kill Palpatine. But in yeah. order to do that, you need to understand how the rule of two works and why it exists that way. So and I'm they, do like, say, I'm, they do say, like, this is the plan, right? Like, I had to, like, for, for those of us who have just seen the movies of, like, <laughs> yes, they explicitly say, like, not that they're going to go to Mustafar, but they say, like, come with me and we'll kill the emperor, right? So, like, even in 1980, that was the plan. So explain to me. No, it wasn't. No, he doesn't, you watch he doesn't the movie, say kill the emperor, but he says rule the galaxy. Yeah. He father says, together son. we can rule the galaxy as father and son. Spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. I swear <laughs> he says we can get rid of the emperor, but or at least it's You very can destroy the time. emperor. He has yeah, forced demons. Yeah, like they, so they do, they do say that this is the plan, which I think is so. I like they're just trying to, they're trying to weasel so, him into joining him. So the issue is also, it has to, it directly ties into the rule of two. So if we go 3,000 years in the past, before episode one um and learn a little bit about darth bane uh now the big war that he was talking about um, versus sith, yeah. yeah the great sith war um focuses on a character called darth bane he's a sith lord but at that time there were many sith lords and the sith lords were all kind of considered equal. I believe there was like what 300 of them during yeah, that there was, time. It was like a, it was enough to make a command structure for an army. Yeah. Um, and Bane didn't agree with this at all. Bane was like, this is stupid because some of you are weak and you, you guys don't deserve to be here. So essentially concocts a plan tricks all of the Sith to do some forbidden Sith magic and essentially churns all of them into a bomb, which then is what ended the war. Cause it, it, Took out the Jedi that were in the cave. Um, actively fighting. Um, took out all of the Sith because that was a part of the spell. It was it was just a, it was a suicide mission. They just didn't know at the time. The Brotherhood of Darkness is no more. Um, it's just Darth Bane. And Darth Bane, that's when he finds who would become Darth Xana. And you hear the quote, you know, there will only be two, no more, no less. One to embody the dark side and one to crave it. So it's master, student, that's it. 
this whole 300 army Sith Lords, that ain't, that's not how it's going to work anymore. And what holds this in place? How is this just like, cause some dude said it like, or is yep. it? So yeah, it's, he came up with it, but so how it works and what he teaches Xana during the books, if you read them is you are my student until you kill me. That is the end goal of our relationship. At some point, you need to get strong enough to kill me and embody the dark the dark side, yeah. So I mean, okay, so but are we saying that this is a rule, not a law of physics, for instance? Dark side. No, it's not like once a you embody the dark side, yeah. It's, so you have to remember came Sith up and with, Jedi are religions. down. Well, so right, exactly. This is his like doctrine. It's not magic. It's because I, I, I think that's the misconception about the rule. Well, too. so like, it's certainly what I had was that it's so it's, it gets it gets broken by Palpatine a lot. Yeah. So, oh, right. So if we go through and we, you know, over the over the years, Xana ends up does killing Bane, takes uh, Cognus to become her predecessor. Oh, yeah, apprentice, yeah, and then so for three thousand years, it continues as the rule of two. There's there's two Sith. That's how it works. They're mostly in the shadows. Now we get to Plagueis and Sidious. And Plagueis is the master. Sidious Palpatine is the apprentice. At some point. Oh, so I was right? Because that was not something I looked up. I was my I had a question. Who was it before? No. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, you are and you aren't right. And it's kind of. Maul for and, and I'm so oh, I'm so yeah. not sorry about anybody that gets upset by this. Maul was never a true Sith. Nope. Maul well, knew. Still... Well, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so Sidious and Plagueis are two, and then they bring in, they bring in Maul, and it's kind of from the get go in the Plagueis book that like oh. I'm going to turn him to the dark side and he's going to be a, a warrior and help us fight. But like on the download, don't tell him he's actually not joining us. We're going to use yeah. him until he's useless. And then we'll discard him. Then mm-hmm. he gives Seems him like the Darth title so that he stops asking questions and like placates his concerns. But even in the Plagueis book, there's a small chapter where Maul is it's from Maul's perspective. And the whole thing is talking about how he has no fucking clue what the grand plan is. Nope. None. He has no clue what they're supposed to be doing. If Palpatine dies, he doesn't know what he's supposed to do. He doesn't know what the, what the plans they're laying down are. And that's the yeah. whole thing is Maul was just a tool to Sidious. They he really did him re- dirty. They really kind of do do him dirty. <laughs> it's they, they, they do him dirty. And then after Maul, you have, or during the time or right after, then you get Count Dooku. And yeah, Count Dooku is cool. I like him. And well, and at this point in time, like you're not supposed to grab another apprentice until the master is dead. Like that is the whole point. And sit, and Palpatine just goes fuck that. More people, yeah, and kind of breaks it over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then we get. Wait, so Plebeus was like alive when Palpatine was working with Dooku, or? So he was he was dead at that point. Du- Plagueis dies the same day that Palpatine the, gets the Senate. That set, uh, Palpatine becomes the yeah, becomes the Senate Chancellor. Yeah, 
I just like to call I am the Senate. The, I am the Senate. <laughs> yeah, I just called the Senate. Yeah, Wait, that's he dies. Do we see Plebeus? No, no you, you don't never see Plebeus okay. at all. Fun okay, fact for you see. though, and for anybody who doesn't know this, Plagueis is actually in the room in episode one when Palpatine is sending Maul to uh to Tatooine. Plagueis is hiding in the room from Maul because he's never seen Maul up close and he wants to see how Maul reacts to his first official assignment to hunt down Jedi. But then Maul fails. He gets his ass kicked by Obi-Wan. Maul then dies. Well, like Maul's dead. And then right after they have this huge celebration in Naboo, uh, or right before actually, it's announced that Palpatine has won the Chancellorship. And, and so now that he's... Night- that, that night, night he kills Plagueis. Yep, because Plagueis' original plan was for Palpatine to become Chancellor, and then Palpatine would appoint Plagueis co-Chancellor. And they would just learn the secrets of immortality and rule the galaxy forever. And Palpatine's like, no, that's such a dumbass plan. I want it all for myself. So what's an example of when there's three? That's Maul. that's the yeah that that is the first kind of example Maul. of when Maul, there's three. Plavius and and uh, Sidious and yeah, Insidious. And, and then Vader technically kind of breaks the rule because he wants to bring on Luke before yeah. he's killed the Emperor. Because if Luke kills the Emperor, technically he should become the master, and Vader should get tossed aside, and he mm-hmm. needs to go find his his apprentice if he were to turn to the dark side. Yeah. I just think it's really interesting that this is like a rule of men and not a rule of physics or magic, because I always assumed the rule of two was a magical rule. And so all of the breaking of that rule that like, I didn't not notice, like, especially with Luke, right? Like how is, yeah. it's like, wait, but what's the intent? Like, what is, how can you do that? So here's, what's actually really funny about that. That was Bane's whole reason for creating the rule of two was the dark side was stretched super thin over all these super weak Sith and was like, no, we need to concentrate the fucking dark side in two powerful beings. When the second one is more powerful than the first, the first is no longer necessary. And the second needs to find someone who can continue that line, thereby creating this endless loop of strength and continuing to grow and just power over power over power to the power like, percentile exponentially I, larger yeah the just, next <laughs> like to put it in perspective bane was so powerful he pulled a moon closer to a world so that he could fly through their atmospheres yeah i mean it it's really really too bad that you know we don't see any of that i know no no that too but i was gonna say that uh that because of the jedi being the worst we have to have the dark side instead of the leg mm-hmm appropriately processing and utilizing your emotional strength side. Like what the fuck? Like we could have, like all this could be done. Good. They don't have to be bad yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. Jedi. Right. Mm, I mean, you're getting into a, a subject that I get very heated about. Oh, should I, I, t- I have um, no idea what that is. I no, don't know that's, what I'm stumbling that's fine. into. It's basically the entire argument of what Ray is. Oh, the, this gray Jedi bullshit that pisses you yeah. off that I don't know what it is? Yeah. Okay. I, I refuse to talk about it. It was literally created by the fandom to like a, explain why Qui-Gon didn't believe in the Jedi. 
And I'm just, every time it fucking comes up, I'm just like, Qui-Gon was still a member of the fucking light side. He didn't it- use dark side <laughs> powers. He just didn't fucking agree with the Catholic church. That's literally what the argument is. Is it so? Is the idea supposed to be that it's like, is it like using your emotions, but like positive emotions to be a Jedi? You can use, it's basically allowing you to use both sides of the coin. And what's really fucking dumb about that is in the very first Bane book, Bane finds a holocron from another Sith Lord named Darth Revan, who is the main character of Knights of the Old Republic. And the the final lesson that he teaches Bane is. Dude, you can't do that. You can't you can't just sit in the middle of the road and expect to like heal someone and use lightning. If you do, both are going to be weak as shit and it will tear your body apart. That's not how balance See, works. There can't be good bad. without evil. That's too bad cuz I feel like I feel like all of these guys need to like watch inside out and understand that it's more complicated My than God. that. Well, okay, yes, everyone has feelings, but this is where the magic actually comes in. You can't have both. Happens. <laughs> well, no, and well, if, if, those are the, if yeah. that's the rules of magic in Star Wars, then that makes sense to me. Like, I can accept magic systems and structures as they are. It may not mm-hmm. be my favorite, um, but I can accept it the way that it is kind of... It's it's just it's very binary in Star Wars, isn't it? Like, I That's the whole point. It is a story of good versus evil. I guess you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's Lord of the Rings straight is very up. binary, Dude. too. Like, yeah, yeah you're it's, right. It, and, I mean, even Lord of the Rings, like, Lord of the Rings doesn't have a character that's like, I'm going to help the the Urukai, but I'm also going to get you guys through to Mount Doom. How does that sound? No, that shit yeah, just no. would not fucking make sense. No. I, man, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, I get it, though. I, get, I think it makes sense from a balanced standpoint. It's just, it's interesting that that's how all of this works, you know? Mm-hmm. It just... Like, you would think that you should be able to be, like, like okay, if you're Anakin, and you're, like, Anakin, I don't know, tell me if I'm just talking out of my asshole, but, like, Anakin was, like, trying to be mostly a good dude he had a lot of anger he had to work through but he had like a lot of love too and he just like didn't have any support he was like a kid who's told like boys don't cry and ends up like you know doing something i'd rather not bring up on the podcast but like you know what i mean it's just it seems like if he'd had like some support nurturing maybe he could have like not been a bad guy and also like couldn't you like, why can't the Jedi allow them to be, like, in touch with that kind of stuff and say, yeah, and it makes your magic more powerful when you use it. So let's use it in a productive way. Like, why can't there be a rage room for the Jedi? I just don't get it. Because a rage room. Right? I actually I think... just pictured, like, the... <laughs> I just pictured the Jedi Temple having a bunch of rooms. They're like, this one's in use. And you just hear some kids screaming in it real quick. Like, Better that than murder all the younglings. Well... Like... <laughs> That's, I mean, the biggest problem, and that's why Palpatine's plan was so fucking flawless. He knew that Anakin was already damaged when he arrived. Anakin had attachment issues. He had abandonment issues. He wanted to be, he wanted a father figure. Anakin was raised as a slave. He was like obviously vulnerable and groomed by, by what's his name for sure. It sounds like a gross word when you say groomed, but yes, that's absolutely exactly that's totally what happened. what happened though. That's like the it technical term for what happened to Anakin. <laughs> like... mm-hmm. It is. Palpatine literally was like, dude, I understand you. This is like the world you were brought up in and this is not the world, you know, 
I'm your friend. If you need anything, just let me know. They spent a fuckload of time together when Anakin was a Jedi. Yeah, and you know who never said, if you need anything, let me know? The fucking Jedi. Any of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Like, of course Anakin goes to the dark side. I just think it's like, man, they're really... Why can't the Jedi just... I just think they're the Jedi just suck. I feel like is my takeaway. I'm like, you guys are just yeah. such assholes. It's just like old establishment bastards just not able to like Jedi need to like get woke. I hate Welcome it. Welcome to the dark side. Yeah, for yeah. Real. I think honestly, <laughs> you'll I enjoy your stay movie. here. Yeah. <laughs> you can check out anytime you like, but <laughs> yeah. I do not think I support the Jedi as an organization. It this is where like the biggest difference between what actually happened in the movies and what could have happened if Disney hadn't been like, Hey, you know, 30 years worth of star Wars books that were written. Fuck those books. These didn't happen. Luke literally (laughs) learns from that, from, from the arrogance of the Jedi. And is like, dude, you guys can get married. You can have loving relationships, but you cannot pick your loved ones over a planet that needs you. If it's going to cause turmoil and strife, but you have, you're a human being or, you know, whatever the fuck you are and gonzos and you can literally (laughs) think like, but you can, you have a right to your emotions. You are allowed to feel things. And so Luke tells them this. Luke literally recreates the Jedi order at the end of return of the Jedi and says, bro, there's nothing wrong with having emotions. Okay, so they do do the thing that I said, but it turns yeah. out to blow up in their faces anyway because Luke's kind of the worst, right? So, no, that's, that's Luke. That's, that's movie Luke. That's, that's Disney's that's fault. Di- oh, wait, yeah. no, that's not canon in this conversation? I no, everything I just said didn't really happen. What really happens <laughs> is Luke is like, I'm going to teach you exactly how I was taught, very from a distance and arrogantly. Okay, cool. Oh my God, I took what fucking happened in a dream at face value and now I have to kill my nephew. Dude, what am I doing? Wild. Holy shit, my nephew ran away. Yeah, the worst, right? Yeah. The Jedi just consistently are like, honestly, it's they're like, they're like giant pandas. Like, I want to like them. They look great. They're fun to watch for hours on end. They're super entertaining. <laughs> they are, but they but were it not for like the tender love and care of like a thousand people in China, they would be fucking dead every single oh, one yeah, of them of their own yeah, devices. Absolutely. Of their own devices. Too. It's like they're a little bit like that. They're the worst. They're Dude. just like they it's like evolution should be taking them. But we weren't we just talking about them. this, Chris? We were talking about like you could put food in front of them and they're just like, no. Oh yeah. No, they're <laughs> There's some of the dumbest creatures um, right alongside koala. Koalas. They're begging for death. I have Holy been to the, uh, the giant panda reserve in China and it's incredible. And they do like, they give them like to take pictures, to take a picture with like the big panda. They just, and the baby panda, actually, I got to hold the baby pandas and they dip a stick of bamboo and honey and give it to the baby panda. And it sits there and munch, munches on this stick while you take oh pictures. God. And it sits so so politely while it eats this bamboo it's the cutest thing ever if you ever get a chance look up what a koala does when it rains Um, oh my god i can can tell you what they do absolutely nothing they sit on the tree and they let it pour rain over them and they don't take shelter well it's hot a lot of yeah because they're so they just it's not there 
There's yeah. nothing going on between the ears of a koala. <laughs> they don't no, possess they're... the mental capacity to understand <laughs> anything beyond, hey, there's probably something to eat in this tree still. They probably like it. It's hot as hell there. I, but... <laughs> there's, there's a video of one of them shivering <laughs> in the raid. And there's like shelters maybe 20 feet away. Yeah. And it's just oh, shivering on the tree. Because no, they're stupid. They, so, I, well, they look cute, but god damn, are they dumb. <laughs> well, so, okay, so again, that really is, that is a great summary of what I'm saying. Same with the Jedi. Yeah. They look, they look great. Cute, but they're dumb. <laughs> but they're dumb as fuck. They're just screwing themselves over. They they would go extinct if it wasn't for, you know, a handful well, of people trying to keep them alive. Like, they are just, they are kind of the worst. I really do think I'm on Team Sith. Like, I, and we should talk about, so we're. To take us back to the movie, oh, um, yeah, I forgot. that's right. The thing that we watched, the while we're touching on it anyway, really the most brilliant thing in this film and that like made it so epic is the "I am your father" moment, right? Mm-hmm. Often misquoted, we all know it's actually the most misquoted movie quote in history ever. I'm certain. So the the quote really is, um, "No, I am your father, not yep. Luke. I am your father." Um, so. You know, yay. Everybody heard it here live. Let's go so forth and t- say it correctly from now on. We told or you first. Recorded. Sure you've yeah. never heard that before. Um, but uh but yeah, this is like this is an insane scene and I it I mean I just I don't even know what to say about it. It's so iconic. It's one of the it's it's maybe the most iconic moment in film history. I don't know. It's it's gotta be up there with Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn, right? It's yep. got to be right there. It is. Yeah. It is listed on AFI's like top three of the top 100 movie moments in history or something like that. Yeah. And I really, I mean, it was fucking awesome. My first question, if I'm Luke, is okay, Vader, if you're so great and it's my destiny to fight with you and you fucking run the galaxy, like as far as Luke knows, Vader's in charge of everything. He should be able to make whatever call he wants then why why am I not with you? Why are you not raising me? If you're the best, if this is where I'm supposed to be, what the fuck happened? That I'm not, like, why am I just meeting you? Is my question to Vader, if I'm Luke. I mean, he would know something crazy happened. Like, dude, my dad is a fucking bad guy. It's red flag central. Like, the first yeah. thing I would say to him while he's trying to, like, convince you to join the dark side, I'd be like, if you're so great, what the fuck? Where have you been? So, why you know, why, why am I with... Aunt Baru, you know, with my Obi-Wan watching me. But then you get the whole Obi-Wan lie that can play on the emotions. He might fall to the dark side that way. Like, he still gets told Obi-Wan lied, but you can't ask too many questions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. The If you pay attention, it's kind of a theme in Return of the Jedi more than any of the other movies, but Star Wars's overarching theme is what happens to you is based on your matter of perception. From a certain point of view, everything that was said is a lie, but it's also the truth. What I told, and this is ex- this is the exact quote that Obi-Wan says to Luke. What I told you is true from a certain point of view. Anakin right. was a good friend. When I first knew him, I was amazed how strongly the force was with him. And I took it upon myself to train him just as well as Yoda. But I was wrong. So Obi-Wan actually admits he was wrong in the way that he trained Vader. Vader 
for all intents and purposes, and if you want a really good explanation for it or like a good way of how Vader sees it, watch the clip of Vader fighting Ahsoka in Rebels. Because he literally says he destroyed Anakin Skywalker because he was weak. And the only thing that survived was Darth Vader. Vader lives by the choice he made and knows what he did and just leans into it. It's really a trope creator. Like, I do think this is the first example of the bad guy who's like, was good and failed mm-hmm. their redemption arc. And there's nothing left but the whatever and the evil. And, you know, we see that all over the place, right? It's And I yeah. do think this is kind of one of the originals. And I, oh, I love it. And I also, I also really like in, in the scene where Luke is at his absolute lowest point, right? Before he shows up like full smoke show and, Oh my God. Six. And six, yeah. And he he does too, be real. Like, fucking powers I have, and you guys haven't seen this shit in 30 years. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to see Luke appear at the start of oh my God, the Jedi. Yeah. Anyway, um <laughs> the point is that when he does lose his hand here, this is such a Tolkien reference, it's not even like a question. Because Silmarillion came out like four years before this, right? And uh we all know ostensibly Frodo of the Nine Fingers, right? And the Ring of Doom. Well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but Baron one-handed, it's the original badass who loses his hand to a giant fucking werewolf um, while saving a Silmaril in the Silmarillion. So in no way do I think this is not a reference to that. I think that so, George Lucas totally I don't that. know if it's a reference, I... but Chris and I literally read your note the other night. <laughs> And I, did the fucking <laughs> math. So I, I kind of disagree. I okay. think George Lucas really just likes cutting off limbs. He does. Um, so I am going to go ahead and we're going to go in order from four, five, six, one, two, three on everyone who loses a, a limb. limb. Yep. Oh my God. This is great. I didn't know this. Was so, <laughs> so, so first we have a new hope, right? CP3O loses his left arm. Because the Tuscan Raider just takes it off. He knocks then, him over. And fu- yeah. fucking off. Luke's got to put Then it back. we have Ponda Baba, who loses his right arm in the bar, where Obi-Wan's like, I'll help take care of this. And it's the first time that we see <laughs> the That's lightsaber true. used That's on somebody. Mm-hmm. It's also so the now, only instance of there being blood, blood from a lightsaber yes. wound. And that's because they didn't decide whether or not it was going to cauterize the wound or not yet. They decided that in between. A New Hope and Empire. That's why Luke doesn't does just it, like bleed out. It, yeah, it does cauterize. Yeah, it cauterizes. Yeah, and now it cauterizes. Makes, that makes so, sense. That's right. So now we go to episode five, right? So at the very beginning, we get the Wampa loses its right arm. We get C3PO again, can't catch a fucking break, loses all of his limbs. <laughs> He's like, in not shambles. just an arm. He literally just yeah. fucking Lego piece all falls the fuck in apart. Shambles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, then we have Luke lose his right hand in the iconic scene. So then we go to Return of the Jedi. Vader loses his right hand for the second time. We'll obviously come back to this. <laughs> and, and yeah, that's right. The, Anakin does yeah. this too, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. he loses so that's, his hand first before the rest of them. So yeah. episode, episode one, I don't count the Darth Maul because he just gets cut in half. That's no, not yeah, he just gets cut right? in half. Yeah. So we'll, we'll jump straight to episode two. Sam. <laughs> Zam loses her right arm in the exact same fucking way as Ponda Baba. 
<laughs> oh man, you it's guys are so just saying great. Now, so like, okay, Ponda Baba is the the Aqualish guy that was like pushing like, Luke around. Yeah, and, the, uh, at the bar. So I, I, heard, like all I understood, and that was was Luke, guys. Okay, but, okay. <laughs> so when they first get to Tatooine and they're at the bar, and the guy just starts pushing Luke, and he the guy the other guy comes up to him, he's like, he doesn't like you, and he's like, I'm sorry, and he's like, I don't like you either. You just watch yourself, and everyone's like, why don't you chill the fuck out, bro? <laughs> He tries to buy him a drink, and then the dude throws Luke off the bar, and then Obi-Wan activates his lightsaber, kills the one dude with the weird nose, and slices off Ponda Baba's arm. They're both technically dead, but yeah. But then Zam Wessel, who is the bounty hunter that Jango Fett works with in Attack of the Clones, tries to sneak up on Obi-Wan while he's at the, the bar, pulls a gun out, but Obi-Wan literally knows she's there the whole fucking time. And right before she's about to blast him in the fucking kidney, he turns around and cuts her arm off. There should be a galactic memo. Hey, don't fuck with Obi-Wan in a bar. Yeah, for real. Maybe <laughs> keep your hands in your pockets memo. around <laughs> Obi-Wan. There really should. Um, Ackley, hey, that's Obi-Wan. Keep your hands to yourself. Or yeah. he'll, he'll keep them to himself. Ackley so, loses two legs also. I actually I forgot about that one. Too. Oh, it keeps going. Trust me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, well, and then for final, Anakin... Loses his loses right his arm. right arm. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and then we get to Revenge of the Sith. How Dooku? Both hands gone. Get out of here. And then his head. But <laughs> and well, but but before that, yeah. he Not does lose That's the hand. Yeah. Uh, j- uh, the fight with General Grievous. Uh, loses he two loses two hands. hands. Yep. Um, Mace Windu loses his right hand. <laughs> Oh my god, he does. Yeah. And then Anakin completes the circle and loses his left arm in both of his legs at the end of the fight. <laughs> oh my now, god. Just for the math, that is 15 points. I can't believe you guys sat down and figured this out. Dude, we saw your note and I was like, that's not the only time. Yeah, I was like, this happens <laughs> all the fucking time. It's like oh my the god. it's the wound trope in Star Wars. Yeah. But okay, but everyone we, loses limbs. Could we all be right? And well, no, you said there were a whole bunch like even earlier in this movie and the movie before. I was gonna say maybe this one's an allusion to the Silmarillion and everything else is an allusion to this, but I mean but honestly maybe it just is Lucas. It really could be. I there's nothing that says it is, but there's also nothing that says it isn't. So it yeah, really it, it could, could be, be, but we don't know. I think George Luke is just like cutting off limbs. I think he does too. I, <laughs> well, yeah. so let's chalk it up to another instance of good things do stuff similarly. That's true. I'll give you that. I'll give okay you that. With that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I really appreciate the research you guys did on that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I recognize the thing, but no, I think you might be right. That was a compelling it just, argument. Yeah. It, it just, it happens a lot. Every movie. <laughs> Every movie, <laughs> except so for episode one. Someone so, loses yeah. a limb. All right, so like looking at two two beautiful people who lose no limbs in this movie, who I would be remiss oh not my to God. touch on. Yeah. Right? Talked a lot about Luke and Vader. They're great and everything, guys. But Han and Leia. Han is nice to Leia for 0.1 second when they are fixing the ship on yep. the asteroid, and all of a sudden she's here for it. And like, I understand that she's always been here for it, that that is what they are trying to write. But fuck, I mean, I've seen this movie not that unrecently. It's not like it's been a long time. And I'm like, I just never really noticed how nasty they are to each other in the beginning mm-hmm. of their relationship. So combative, but it's so hot. You can totally tell they're fucking in real life. So it's actually funny that you say that. Um, 
in her autobiography that just came out, um, it actually was revealed that she had an affair with. Um, I know. I say that Harrison from an Ford. informed position. Yeah, I that's know. crazy to me. Oh no, I can tell. I is it? I is it though? That. Yeah, I, I I agree with her. You know, I, I think it's crazy that it's just now coming out. I mean, That's just I mean. like Julie Andrews and the one who played the chimney sweep. Totally. Oh, my God. Totally. They were not fucking. They were, or their characters were. Somebody was getting it. Dude. Okay. <laughs> Yale Travers literally said, I will give you this, but they can't be loved. You know what? Never mind. We, t- we talked about this at length. I try to change yeah. my stance 0%. The point is, Han and Leia, for sure. It's super hot. I really forgot how, like, how mean they are to each other. You know what I mean? Like I say, well, it's nice to Leia for a second, but the fact is they're, they're both, they both need to take several seats. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're, they're at each other's throats constantly, but here's the thing. And we kind of talked about it in the, in the first one, but Han is the one that you don't tell your dad you're going out with. For sure. Like he's yeah. going to treat you pretty bad most of the time, but when he's nice to you, it's going to make, Oh, all of it worth it. 100%. Han is the one where you get your friend zone kid that has a oh, nice yeah. bow tie and goes to church to pick you up Luke. and say, say you'll be back at 10. And then he just drops you off at Han's house. Yeah. At, at Han's apartment because he's already 18 because he was held back a grade. <laughs> <laughs> so he's already 18 as a senior, has his own apartment, and you guys are drinking Natty Lights. Yep, and he oh works down at Lou's auto shop because he that's the only job he could get because Lou took pity on him because he looked just like Lou at that age. Or he looked just like Han at that age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the work at the auto shop helps him to have the super fast souped up car. The probably super has, like, rad lights vehicle. under it. Yeah, yep. he takes you out on after curfew <laughs> while you lie about being out with Luke. Who picks Luke's you up. Luke's over there with a uh, bouquet of roses across the street. Like, but I don't Aww. think it's, it's raining. It's raining it's only raining. on him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I really like this extended metaphor on Han, and it is it it continues to be true about both of them. Like Luke, this whole movie is doing his homework. Han is trying to get Leia's bra off the whole time. It's like I mean, totally in line with the, with the eighties fucking oh, rom com yeah. that kind of this is in parts of it. He well, okay, and that's the thing. Like there are fucking hilarious moments in this movie, and one of my favorite lines in the whole thing is when they're trying to they land inside the larger asteroid and Han and Chewie are trying to fix um, the hyperdrive and 3PO just goes, sir, if I may venture an opinion and Han without skipping a beat just goes, I'm not really interested in your opinion, 3PO. (laughs) (laughs) Their whole, like, I really liked the way that this movie balanced that, like the, the sort of quieter storyline with Luke doing his training with Yoda, Mm -hmm. with this like action packed adventure with Han and Leia and 3PO and, and, r2d2 and fucking what's his name and it's you know it's great chewy oh i forgot about chewy now oh, chewy, no. chewy oh i thought also. you were saying what's his name oh you're talking about lando <laughs> yeah lando god damn it <laughs> i do my best i got we really are bad with names holy <laughs> which okay by we've the way we've established this this movie is pg-13 yep now in the 80s and very, pretty much up until recently like early 2000s now, PG-13 movies get one fuck, and it can stay PG-13. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I know exactly where I would where I would put this one fuck. Tell me. 
I want to hear it. It is as soon as Lando opens the door. Oh, yeah. Dinner, and he sees Vader. I would love for Han just to go, oh, <laughs> oh fuck, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. That's where I would put next it. Next remaster. Next remaster. <laughs> as funny as that is, I'm sorry that I do have to correct you, Chris. Um, it was not PG-13. It was PG. Uh, yeah, was oh, rating okay. of PG-13 yeah, right. didn't come out until Raiders of the Lost Ark the year after. Yeah, gotcha. Raiders okay. is so, so it was still PG. It was still you PG. Have, either way, I would... Fuck. No, I no it's PG-13 <laughs> now. You can have a fuck in it now if they want to remaster it. There's no reason they can't do that. There's yeah, no reason they couldn't have done true. that in the original remaster. So on, we we have good oh, enough CGI. Uh, Just, oh, fuck <laughs> me. Harrison Ford would probably shooting. allow himself to be de-aged and come in and say, oh, fuck. On a oh, no, he wouldn't. So that's another really fun fact. While we're on the... Well, yeah, so... While we're on the subject of Han and Leia, um, Harrison Ford wanted Han to die in this. He didn't want Han to survive carbon freezing. And then he had to be like, I'm pretty sure Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, um, uh, just about like all the main cast had to go to Harrison Ford and say like, dude, you have to come back. Like we're we're finishing this. They had to beg him. Yeah, you don't he, kill he your wanted them to die. Well, and that's don't. the thing. That's why he dies in the Force Awakens. He's like, I'll come back, but that uh, fucking uh, when I'm, I'm not doing another one. And, and we'll talk he, about that when we get there because that's a much longer yeah. conversation. But I, I mean, you don't kill your main three or four or five as the series may be, but you know, you just oh, that's killed, why Ron is still. I, yeah, that's why Ron's still alive. Is what I was going to yeah. say. Well, you maybe you can killed ron you maybe could have killed ron because you had seven books to be with ron you couldn't kill han after three movie in movie two that doesn't yeah, make sense right. this is especially when this really is like for as much as i understand that what i just said is fucking bullshit because there's nine star wars movies right like <laughs> i get that i can't i understand that i just lied to you but this really is there's a reason people talk about this as being like the trilogy the perfect trilogy the real oh, like yeah. it stands alone i don't think i mean it obviously is part of the wider canon and you really can't in the middle like it, it would be like killing people off in the two towers that's that's not what happened mm-hmm. like i yeah no it, no so when people refer to star wars that's always what i think of first is the original trilogy I don't think of the sequels. I don't think of the prequels. I never think of the sequels. Um, I don't think of the prequels. I I don't think of the shows. I don't even think of the books. I think of the original trilogy. So there is something to that that you just huh. don't kill your big your like your main characters with that. Not in a trilogy like this. Like if we no. take it away from everything else, not in this kind of in it because a trilogy like this is a three act story, right? It's different from, like, say, the Captain America trilogy isn't like this, right? Or the Lord of the Rings is. It's a three-act story. Yeah, there has to be a conclusion at the end of that trilogy. Yeah. There wasn't really a conclusion in Captain America, just a conclusion to that movie. No, he gets three movies, but it's not a trilogy. Um, Neither will the Spider-Man movies be. But Lord of the Rings, His Dark Materials, those are true. Like, this is a trilogy. Um, Or like... uh, what the Joe Abercrombie books originally before the the later sequel came out. Like there's something that's tight where the middle one is not its own thing with its own three act structure. It's the second part. It's the second yeah. act of the story. Right. And and then you, you can't kill your main people during that. 
Yeah. I just think it's interesting watching their... First of all, anybody that talks about, oh my god, love and Star Wars... um, Yeah, that's like the only thing that people quote is that fucking line. I love you. I know. Which was not scripted. Han yeah, see, like literally I say, went to totally George Lucas. Totally fucking in real life. Yeah. George Han or Harrison Ford literally went to George Lucas and was like, uh, Han wouldn't say that. Han would not answer, I love you too. And George was like, Yeah, that actually sounds really dumb. <laughs> Go ahead and say yeah. whatever you want. Yeah, say whatever you want. Well, and that scene is what made me feel like, okay, this really does like they do have a nice tight little character arc together. It really does mm-hmm. come all the way around. Um, because watching it critically in the beginning, I was like, what the fuck? And yeah. then it really comes around where they 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 both have they cannot get out of their own way. Both of them are assholes, and they both do get out of their own way in the end. And it's great, and it's totally harrowing and devastating because we don't know if Han's going to be okay. And it's like the perfect, mm-hmm. perfect middle, perfect sequel, perfect second act. Yeah, a hundred percent it is. I did have one question about Leia before we start to wrap this up. Go for it. So. Why isn't she using her title when they're in Cloud City? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Give, so, it her, give it to at, her, Chris. At, oh, so. what the f- it, just, it just seems like it seems There's... like throwing out like an I'm Princess Leia Organa from Alderaan would like add a don't so, fuck with so me there's, vibe. There's definitely Wouldn't, a though. few reasons. But One, I would the say... planet doesn't exist. You're princess yeah. of nothing. <laughs> yeah, true. So, yeah, the planet's blown up. It's gone. You lost your crown, essentially. So now your <laughs> title is worthless. But from a geopolitical even for standpoint, sympathy, even people wouldn't be like give a shit who she is. Well, like she's still so, somebody important, kind so of. So right? for a geopolitical standpoint, Bespin is in the outer rim. Alderaan is a part of the core planet in core worlds. World. The outer rim does not give a fuck what happens on the core worlds. Don't care. The outer rim usually is where all the corruption happens, crimes and. and- yeah, and they don't get help from the core world. So her being from the core world and a princess of a core world, she would have been like, I'm Princess of Alderaan. And people would have been like, don't care. They li- yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they just, they would not give a shit. Yeah, because I'm like, man, that might help, you know, <laughs> stop, like, deter some betrayal here if you're like, yo, I'm somebody. Because well, even, and- like, Lando doesn't even seem to know that she's anybody. He's like, and what about Leia? And I'm like... Man, she doesn't get her title at all. Like, no one wants to even throw out, like, a General Organa, or I assume maybe that's not the case yet. So, at that point, she is just a member. I don't even think she's a member of the military. I think she's just a council member of the Rebellion. She doesn't actually become a member of the military until Return of the Jedi, I think. No, I think her role in the Rebellion was as Princess, and now she just is, like, part of the Rebellion. Well, I, I don't think anyone refers to her as Princess, except for Han, because he's being snarky. Oh, well, yeah, he's being a fucking a-hole. Yeah, but... yeah, but huh. other than that, I don't think anyone actually calls her Princess. They just say, yeah, okay, we can get that done. But yeah, nobody I mean... responds with, yes, Princess. Yeah, okay. he... Vader does, but he calls her your highness... Up until Alderaan is destroyed. And then it's actually really funny. If you pay attention, he never fucking says it again. Again, she lost her fucking yeah, crown. I'm you, sorry. You're not your princess <laughs> nothing. Floating around. There's a couple of rocks floating around yeah. that princess of, and that's about uh, it. You know what? She is my favorite Disney princess, and... <laughs> 
<laughs> the biggest badass of them and a general. She doesn't need she to is. be born a princess, no. but but you know, see, and that's a general. Honestly, right up there with all the bullshit that they did to Luke in the sequel, Leia got fucked over so hard. Han is the only one of the big three that actually stayed the same. Yeah. If shit got hard for Han, he definitely would have returned to smuggling. And that's exactly what he fucking does. I really liked Han in the sequels, I'm not gonna lie. I did too, because he was the only one that was still the right fucking, you know, shade of Han. And I didn't dislike Leia, mostly because I just, I just had like an absurd amount of sympathy for them dealing with the situation with Carrie yeah. Fisher in the real world. And just, I was like, you know what, whatever. I don't feel like anything that happened in maybe except for the first of those movies is, which was not, you know, boating anything good, but uh, I have a hard time blaming them. I have, a, I give them a lot of slack for everything that happened with Leia in the sequels. And for Luke, that's one of the things where I'm like, <laughs> look at him milk that fucking animal while like while you guys probably are like rolling in your graves i'm like yeah sure uh, fine yeah. like when the patriots are losing it's fine <laughs> it's fine here's the thing and this is the only thing i'm gonna say about it, and then we'll get the ratings but luke is the symbol of hope that is the whole fucking reason that the first movie is called a new hope luke is unwavering yeah, but... in his belief that he could he could turn vader that he could protect his father, that he could win the day and turn his father because he believed his father wouldn't really kill him. And then he has one fucking bad dream and tries to kill his nephew. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my God, That's look the, what I started. I know, and I'm fucking done. I'm like because, afraid for when we cover those movies. Dude, I, it's going to be a cold day in hell when I'm nice to those movies. Maybe I should I'm, just do honestly, it. I'll I cover mean, it with someone. Yeah. I'll cover it with Peyton. We'll make Peyton watch it, and she and I will talk about the sequels. Dude, I genuinely may not come on for The Last Jedi. I, I genuinely be, may be, quote, sick that day. Honestly, I think it'd be <laughs> hilarious if you didn't, and I'll watch it with someone who's just seen it for the first time and does it. I'll do it with, like, my brother-in-law who saw that movie and no other Star Wars out of just love for me and agreement to go to the theater that you, day. You can also do it fuck. with my wife, because my oh, wife yeah. loves the sequels. Dude, yeah. I that... really don't have a problem. I think great looks cool. Sorry. Like I'm it's fine. You can fast forward through the casino. I've said that before. Like I No, I can fast forward fine. through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is all I'm gonna, again, because Chris brought this up. This is all I'm gonna say. There is a reason she didn't come to the rise of Skywalker. And I'm pretty sure we had almost an hour argument outside of the theater. Like we didn't go home. We didn't go sit down somewhere. We were literally all standing up arguing about the last Jedi right in front of the theater, maybe 20 feet away from the front door. And all these people like, this is so good. It's so awesome. And I'm me and Andrew were like, no. Oh, after you came out. Oh, I'm so sorry for you. We all came out and we were like, yeah, dope. And my brother-in-law was like, let's go home and watch episode four. And we did. And it was like, we had a, it was fine. It was, but that's the joy of, you know, not being like, it, I don't have an island of personality for Star Wars, so that's my superpower with it. Like, yeah, if you if you don't have the extensive knowledge of what's now the Legends, it's just yeah. Disney makes fun movies, and you can't yeah. fault them for that. And it is by itself a fun movie. Just in the universe that pre existed before Disney, it doesn't 
makes sense. It yeah, doesn't it, do it. There's justice. too many. There are too many plot that. holes. There's too many things that got changed and just things that don't make sense. And the, from a story standpoint, there's too many things that shouldn't work the way that they work. Yeah. Just I mean, because you're related to Palpatine doesn't mean you should be able to shoot lightning from your fingers. That's all I'm going to say. I'm fucking done. I mean, definitely that. But I think to 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 save that for a later day, what I will say is that I think something that's unique and fascinating about Star Wars and the cause of these issues is that the Star Wars like extended universe and extended canon exists in the same canon as all of the movies mm-hmm. and ostensibly all of the TV shows. And for most of these franchises, we can all happily say to, to use this phrase that I dearly hope we'll all start using soon. Um, you know, the, the Harry Potter movies are just a different turning of the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. The Lord of the Rings, it doesn't take the books away from you. It doesn't make that go away. Like the fact that the His Dark Material show kind of sucks asshole doesn't change the fact that it's one of my favorite book series. Like nothing about that goes away. But for you guys, what Disney decides to do can fuck with your books. And that sucks. Like I, that's not an experience I've ever had. And I don't, I don't much like to think about it. So I just, I have, I have some sympathy there. Cause I, that, I think that's unique and really it tough. It, it yeah. is unfortunate. Cause like the Darth Bane books that I brought up, before even though yoda brings up the rule of two in the prequel series technically that is no longer canon so somehow we have the rule of two but not from where we actually got the rule of two yeah all we know is that bane existed and he started the rule of two that's the only thing that we know and we only know that because of a single episode in clone wars and I mean, it do- it just seems very complicated, and it seems like it's a lot of continuity for any for anybody. Well, in and that's that's why Disney did that because before that, there were things in called Legends before Disney bought Star Wars in 2012. <clears throat> there were portions of the story that just didn't make sense. That just they they didn't line up chronologically, but they still played on each other. They had a galactic timeline like there every every star wars book you bought and i have i have an entire bookshelf of them you could open them to the very first page and the first thing you see is a literal timeline of that book took place then and then this book came out and then this was the timeline where this book happened it still had a structure and disney was like we don't like these stories we don't want to have to be boxed in by them we're going to do away with all of them we're not saying they didn't happen but until we use that material, it didn't happen. It's just a rumor. It's a well, it's a it's an urban legend. Okay, I know that this doesn't make it better, but well, you're firing on all cylinders trying to make me feel good right now. Well, I just I the way that I see it as someone with my particular superpower of having no emotion attached to this whatsoever. Um, I mean, DC does that all the time. Crisis on Infinite yeah. Earths. Marvel does it all the time. That doesn't take it away. Or, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, but it makes sense. Like these big, like big continuity universes um, and IPs, they consolidate all the time to make it 
possible. Marvel's about to do it in one way or another, right? Like we're like getting towards popping that bubble in the next 10 years. DC has done it so many times. So that's how I look at that. DC can't even make a bubble at this point. Well, DC Comics specifically. Yeah. DC Comics well, builds DC up Comics shit resets and their stuff all the time. Down. All the yeah. time, right? And it doesn't mean that you can't go back and read those old comics or that they're not valid. It's just that in order to manage a continuity in real time. Like I get what Disney did. I know that it sucks, but I don't think it's unprecedented. But Oh, I I totally get it and I anticipated them doing something of equal stature. I just what really hurts me is those are the stories that I grew up with. I loved learning about the history of the Sith because to that point, no one ever did that. You wrote a book about the hero. The Darth Vader. Oh, no, totally. But they're all still about, there. Like, That's what I'm saying. Stuff. Like all the old, know, I, old DC comics. Like there's nothing that doesn't, but I understand trying to juggle a mainline continuity where it, they just like, it just disappears. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, let's move Anywho, on to ratings. Let's start wrapping this baby up. So, I'm just going to take us in. I took, I gave this movie a 10 out of 10. 11 um, out of 10 for me. The Empire Strikes Back is a perfect movie. I'm not turning it up to 11 just yet. I will, because we're, we're doing that sparingly. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the juxtaposition of the two storylines. I came to really like everything going on with Han and Leia. The, it's like all the most iconic moments in film history. Yeah. Um, you know, and Luke comes full circle in the end and can use the force and he made some mistakes, but we're still in the middle act and he's a total hero. Unlike Cedric Diggory, as we determined earlier this week. Oh yeah. That, <laughs> that TikTok pissed me off so bad. No one here is going to know what we're talking about, but there talk of these guys arguing at a fucking table. And this one dude was trying to argue about how Cedric Diggory literally was a hero and like everyone else was like, dude, he didn't do anything. Nothing he did was heroic. He was just no, in the wrong hero. place at the wrong time. And he, he no. fucking paid the price for it. Total smoke show, though. Oh, my God. He's Batman. That's all I care about. Pretty much. Um, And I gave Vader a 10 out of 10. And my finger's on the dial to give this an 11. And the only yeah. reason it's not is because of Rogue One. Just because I know mm-hmm. what the scale is. But that's were fair. it not for Rogue One, this is like peak Vader. So he was great. This, Yeah, that's I'll, I'll give you that. That's fair. Um, both of these are my turn 11. Um, absolutely. Till the day I die. And even beyond that, Empire Strikes Back, my favorite movie of all time. This is the movie I watch when I'm sick. This is the movie I watch when I'm having a day. I've, I just need something on in the background. It, this mo- I know this movie from start to finish. I knew this movie from start to finish when I was like six years old. The, like the, this movie is perfect to me in every way. I still laugh at all the times that it's supposed to be funny. I still get chills when, I, when he reveals that he's his father. It still, it still like cuts to me in my core when Luke loses it. It just... Everything about this movie is phenomenal. And right up there, the villain rating, Boba Fett is, while he doesn't really do anything, you can tell he's <clears throat> he's better than the rest because he is the one, he's the one that actually figures out what Han is doing and just follows him. All the other bounty hunters are like, cool, let's go find him. And Boba Fett's like, I bet you he's still around here. 
he did come off very popular from this too. I kind of mm-hmm. forgot about Boba Fett. Yeah, he like he might not have done much, but he had a major lasting impression on people. And then Vader, obviously, again from what I said at the beginning of the episode, Vader is never in a position where he is the underdog. He is so strong and so not giving a shit about Luke's meek power that he puts his weapon down and just starts throwing shit at him with the force. He's like, I know this kid's never even going to get close to me. I'm just going to start throwing shit at him. He, he is amazing. Everybody's afraid of him. He kills like three of his own crew members. <clears throat> it's, he actually only kills two. But um, yeah. And doesn't and, clean up the bodies. Oh, yeah. And then he just lets other people <laughs> play. <laughs> Which is funny. I just realized this right now. Uh, Admiral Piet is there both times that Vader kills someone. He's literally standing next to Admiral Ozzel. Vader's choking over the fucking holocom. And and then he's standing next to Captain Nita when he goes to apologize to Vader and Vader fucking kills him right then. (laughs) Dude, poor Admiral Piet. He's like, this is the worst day of work I've ever had. He's definitely shitting bricks at that point. He's like, oh, dude, I cannot fuck up. Dude, he's so shove coal up as that two hours you'd get a diamond it's yeah oh my god Very so rare. all right so 10s and 11s all around chris oh yeah 10 10 for both i mean this this for me was definitely one of my first repeat movies past like disney and cartoons when i was younger um, th- this was definitely the one where I have great memories of going over to my late uncle's house and just all day we would watch Star Wars movies. Th- this is one of those movies that brings back fond memories. Absolute banger, 10 out of 10 for sure. And then at the time for, for Vader, I mean, obviously I'd wish he could, you could see more. You know, we are in the 80s. We are a little bit limited limited yeah by what we can do at that time but once you learn more about him and then you can kind of take that and bring the subtlety to this movie on how he's running everything oh he's he's terrifying he's absolutely terrifying and everyone's got a good reason to be scared of him i think you really hit on something there because it is fascinating how i mean he is like the most iconic villain of all time right and he's totally scary in this and the lightsaber fights look so fucking stupid. I'm sorry, they do. In the original trilogy, it's just garbage. Like, and it's and what are we scared of? Like, it's done so well because the fights are like not that good. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. The lightsaber choreograph, like the, the the lightsaber fights aren't that spectacular by themselves. You know, just a clip of them, and you're like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, whatever. whereas like, I'm like, how long am I about to make this podcast? Was so long, but. Uh, contrasted with the lightsaber fights in the sequels fuck yeah all right cool i'm glad you brought that up because there is literally one lightsaber fight yeah and it's dope dope as fuck it's in the first one and it's the only time it's a legitimate lightsaber fight oh okay so you're just being nitpicky all the times where lightsabers are used and there's a fight it is dope in the sequels i'm sorry it just is now i will be on the last jedi episode because you need to understand from a choreograph standpoint all of the things wrong with the fucking fight with the praetorian guards nothing it's pretty bad 
It looks great. It's oh just fun. It's just it's just pretty. Give me color in Star Wars. Chris, the what point. does he say? What is this guy doing in the background? He's just twirling around. <laughs> <laughs> there, okay, oh, I have seen that. No, speaking of, um, this was also the movie that they got rid of it, but I believe at the very beginning of the movie, when Han and Leia are bickering, walking in the hallways, there is an extra that they oh, removed yeah. yep. in the 90s who I forget if he was just waving his hands around or he runs into the fucking wall. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he runs into Either the wall. Yeah, he runs into the wall and then they removed it, unfortunately, yeah. because it is without a doubt the greatest thing that happened in that movie. Yep. The original cut too, um, before it got remastered in 2002, um, during the uh, first sweep of the uh, snow speeders, you can see through the cockpit you can see uh, like the bars that align the windows and stuff. You can see through them because the, the imagery was, or the graphics were just not, they were still just not there. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't, it wasn't great. But the, the the point is though, that Vader still came off. Awesome. People loved this and people still still came off scary, which was great. Yeah, that's the cool thing. It's like I, you know, what I wish is that they could go back and like perfectly remaster the originals and just make the lightsaber fights good. I would like to be like fine with that, Lucas. Do it. Oh my god, I'm sorry to put that on you. (laughs) (laughs) On that blasphemous fucking note. No. Scott, take us out of here. I'll take us out of here. Um, just like always, guys, we want to hear from you. We want to know if you thought Empire was as great as Chris and I thought it was. And Lindsay just objectively abjo- enjoyed it because, um, you know, she's not a true I got fan. Good taste. Yeah, I she's got, got great taste. taste. She yeah. does. I know what's um, good. <laughs> I know what's good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. You can find us at Behind Timeline on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram at Go Behind the Timeline, where you can find just about any meme for any of the movies or shows that we've done. Lindsay is extremely active on Instagram, especially with Wheel of Time coming up. We've got a couple things in the works right now for next week, I believe, is the Wheel of Time primer. But yeah. even before that, tomorrow, at the timing of this filming, actually, tomorrow is Eternals. And I am very excited because for some reason the internet is treating us like an extremely divisive movie. And I don't really know why. Um, the internet is talking some bullshit is my official the, opinion yeah. before seeing it. I will say because this will come out Friday. We're going to see the movie. You're going to see it Friday. I'm going to see it Saturday. Um, yeah. I officially declare shenanigans as of I do now. Too. As yeah. of Thursday the 4th, I declare fucking shenanigans. <laughs> All right, so we will. I it's out there. It's an official declaration of shenanigans. We will mm-hmm. have to address it when we return on. I will Sunday. make sure I have my broom on Sunday when we. Yeah, when and we'll have the Eternals out Wednesday, Mon- but like maybe Wednesday, sooner. Yeah. Everybody's gonna go see this. Like, we'll. I know. By Wednesday, this might yeah. drop Monday. We'll see. This is gonna if you're be a good. If you're good, listeners, will. You're very very it. good. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, then the Watt Primer on the twelfth. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, we got a lot going on the month of November. We got a lot of really exciting movies coming up. So make sure that you uh, leave a like anywhere that you listen to this podcast. Make sure you follow us. I do track that stuff every day, guys. If you have a comment, if you want to know something, if you want to pick my brain about a question that you had about Star Wars, lay it on me. I will talk Star Wars till I die. If you want to talk Lord of the Rings or you have a question about Wheel of Time, lay it on Lindsay. We will we will always answer your guys' questions. So eagerly. Um, 
Oh yeah. Uh, but until then, Chris, again, thank you so much for coming on. I really, it was almost a thrill having you here. Yeah, man. I kind of appreciated it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I did appreciate you, Chris. I don't, I don't have the gross she's all nice to be oh, on, yeah. like, <laughs> she'll she'll learn no this but it's a, it's fun to be here obviously i will come back for anything star wars related in the future i just i objective fan of star mm. wars minus the sequels but <laughs> <laughs> love star wars oh love talking about it especially about any of the not so much canon universe anymore too yeah but uh yeah until then guys do me a favor do yourself a favor do your dentist a favor stay nerdy <laughs>